to hybrid in-person in virtual meeting of the San Francisco Entertainment Commission. My name is Ben Blyman. I'm the commission's president. And we'll start with announcements. We would like to start the meeting with a land acknowledgement. We, the San Francisco Entertainment Commission, acknowledge that we are on the un we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatosh Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatosh Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in the traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall Room 416, broadcast live on SFGov TV and available on view on Zoom or listened to by calling 1-669-900-6833 using meeting ID 861-2193-6957. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the beginning of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person, and then from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please fill out a speaker card located at the side table or podium. Come up to the podium during public comment, state your name, any affiliations, and then your comment. You will have three minutes. Once finished, please hand your speaker card to the commission secretary behind the podium. If using Zoom platform to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling by phone, dial star 9 to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. When you are asked to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star 6. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. If you're also viewing the meeting on SFGov TV, be sure to mute it before speaking during public comment. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom, audio, or a telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and Media Services for sharing this meeting with the public. Thank you very much. Uh, let's do roll call. President Blyman. Here. Vice President Camino. Here. Commissioner Perez. Here. Commissioner Thomas. Here. And Commissioner Torres. Here. Fantastic. The first order, uh, do we have excused absences? Oh, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Falzon um, and Commissioner Juan are excused. All right, thank you. The first order of business is consideration and possible action to adopt a resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. Uh, do we have a motion to adopt this resolution? So moved. Second. Is there any public comment on this item? Uh, there are no public comments for this item. All right, we can vote. President Blyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And Commissioner Torres? Aye. The resolution has been approved. Moving on, the next agenda item is number two, which is general public comment. These are uh, for items that are not listed on the agenda. Uh, oh, 
there's one Zoom comment, one moment. Good evening, commissioners. Senior Analyst Rice here. I'm going to um, unmute Joel. So bring Joel in here. Hey, Joel, if you can hear me, please unmute yourself. And then you have three minutes. Okay. You can start anytime. time. Hello? Yes, we I can, can hear you. Okay, great. So I've been communicating with the Entertainment Commission since November of 21 regarding the blue light bar on 1979 Union Street. They were granted a jam permit during the COVID special period where, where the public was not allowed to have any opinion on, on their activities. This is a bar who in the same time period, so they were granted a jam permit in November of 2020. In that same month, they were sued by one of my neighbors for uh, uh, building an unpermitted backyard and making so much noise that they were uh, disturbing the neighbors. The lawsuit was successful. So the question I would wonder is whether the Entertainment Commission knew that or took that into consideration when they granted this permit to the blue light. Since then, I've been reporting many violations of this permit in terms of there's a 50 foot uh, air, uh, distance where they have to not exceed ambient noise. They play amplified music. It is not possible to not exceed ambient noise playing amplified music at 50 feet. And this, I've, I've probably submitted 15 complaints. I think two or three of them have been given notices of violation. But in general, my complaints are ignored. And most recently, um, I, when, when they were in violation, I was told that they were barely in violation. Not, under, not sure if I understand what that means. They're either violating or not. But because they're in violation, the permit was modified so that they could make noise that exceeded ambient levels above 100 feet. So this was done because they wouldn't be able to continue their programming and also satisfy the terms of their jam permit. So it seems to me that you should, they should stop operating rather than you should extend the distance that they're allowed to make noise to bother the neighbors. So that, that's my, I, I would like this to be changed back so they can only play uh, unamplified music. That's, that's, uh, that's my request. Thank you very much. And we do not respond to uh, public comment. It's not part of uh, the rules here, but uh, maybe um, uh, Deputy Director Azevedo can just refresh our memory on where we're at with the blue light. Sure. Hi, President Blyman. Um, so the comment that was just made by Joel is accurate in that um, recently there was a reevaluation of the jam permit and its conditions. Um, we know that the jam permits are fluid in the sense that we have been um, amending them based on changes that are necessary. Um, recently, there was a determination that the programming, which they, the blue light is only allowed to have entertainment on Fridays and Saturdays um, with no drums. They self-conditioned themselves with no drums. And the other days of the week, they are allowed to have pre-recorded amplified sound. So recently, we did extend the distance at which the entertainment portion is allowed to be heard at, which is 100 feet from the property plane. So they cannot exceed um, they cannot exceed ambient from a distance of 100 feet from the property plane, which is very consistent with all of the other GM permits who have the same type of programming of live entertainment. Thank you. Um, moving on, is there any more general public comment? Uh, 
no, there does not appear to be more comments. Excellent. So we will close general public comment and move on to the next agenda item, which is number three, which is approval of the minutes for October 18th, 2022 commission meeting. Uh, do I have a motion? Do we have a motion to approve? I'd like to make a motion to approve the minutes for the last meeting. Is there a second? I'll second. Is there any public comment on the minutes? There are no public comments. Okay, we can vote. President Blyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And Commissioner Torres? Abstain. All right, the minutes have been approved. The next agenda item is number four, which is a report from Executive Director Weiler. Thank you, President Blyman. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, I do have quite a large update tonight. Apologies in advance. Um, just taking this out of order, I just wanted to welcome our newest commissioner, Torres, to seat two. Uh, it's the board-appointed entertainment industry seat, so welcome aboard. Uh, we're very happy to have you. Um, just jumping right in, so I wanted to update everybody on our annual survey. Um, the survey did close at the end of October, and we received 133 responses. We think this is a good sample size relative to previous years. Um, our last two surveys had about 160 responses, so fell a little bit short, but still pretty good. Senior Analyst Rice is currently organizing and analyzing this data, and he will send you key findings in early December and then plans to present to all of you at our December 20th hearing. Uh, if you wanna check out the survey questions again, that is in your folder in the Google Drive. Uh, a shared spaces update for you all tonight, and this might pertain to anybody watching who is a permit holder. Uh, the Shared Spaces program just announced that their deadline to receive the legislated permit applications has been extended to January 15th from the original November 1st due date. We've been promoting this new due date in our e-blast and social channels and urging everyone to act now and not wait until the due date to submit their applications. Just to help jog your memory, the Legislated Shared Spaces Permit is the permanent version of the permit that businesses with parklets can obtain to replace the Pandemic Shared Spaces Permit. The Pandemic Shared Spaces Permits are set to expire at the end of March 2023, and businesses must have a Legislated Permit in order to operate after the Pandemic Program expires. The JAM program, which correlates to shared spaces, is also set to expire on March 31st, and we have a 60-day wind-down period when JAM permits can still be operational in that limbo period. So this means that our JAM permit holders have more time to apply for this legislated permit, which they need in order to start the process of applying for one of our brick-and-mortar permits with Caitlin. Uh, with Deputy Director Azevedo. So we're working with DPW right now to obtain real-time information about uh, the permit approvals that are coming through for these spaces so that we can align with our processes and continue proactive outreach with our permit holders about their next steps for the transition. We plan to give you a more fulsome update about this at the next EC hearing on the 20th of December, along with a proposal for any potential special commission hearings that might be needed. We may be able to manage these with regularly scheduled hearings, but we'll keep you posted here um, as we get informed projections around the volume of regular agenda applicants coming our way. 
Uh, next update is around first year free program. Uh, this was a legislated program that began a year ago and it technically was set to end on October 31st, uh, but it was extended just recently to June 30th, 2023. So just a refresher on this one, this is a program that waived initial application and license fees for new businesses that were starting in the last year. Um, and so we were able to waive entertainment permit application and annual license fees uh, for this program. The amended ordinance um, also expands the eligibility for businesses to increase the gross receipts permissible for a business to qualify for the tax and fee waiver from $2 million to $5 million. Uh, and it removes the requirement that the business be located on the ground floor. So the board passed this amended ordinance on second reading last week, and it's now with the mayor for signing. So we anticipate it going into effect shortly. Uh, just for some data on this program, in the first year of it, we were able to waive 14 total permits, including eight places of entertainment, one billiard parlor, and five limited live performance permits for a total of $21,471 waived in application fees, which we love to hear. Um, our next update is on the hiring process for our vacant 1840 sound inspector. This is a part-time position. Uh, Deputy Director Azevedo and I have identified um, our candidate um, and they are now going through backgrounding. Uh, we're really hopeful that we can introduce them to you officially at our holiday party, which I am going to update you about now. Uh, so just wanted to give you a little bit of an update about our upcoming hearings here. So a reminder that our hearing on Tuesday, December 6th is canceled. Uh, we are having a holiday party in place of that. Um, it's going to be very similar to last year, pretty casual, no program um, at um, a venue called Bourbon and Branch that some of you may be familiar with. Um, it starts at 5 p.m. on Tuesday, December 6th and goes till 7.30 p.m. So we're essentially advertising it as a cocktail party. Um, it's a cash bar and there is a password to get in which is in line with the programming of this bar. So we decided on turntables as the password. Um, our hearing on Tuesday, January 3rd is also canceled due to the New Year holiday and we will pick back up on January 17th. Um, so tonight, December 20th and January 17th are our main hearings uh, coming up. Uh, Commission Secretary Leong will go ahead and send out a schedule of 2023 hearings shortly and will continue to send you Calendly polls to check on your planned attendance. Um, Wanted to also just call to attention an email about required trainings for commissioners. Please make sure that you are checking your email to see if you received one from uh, Commission Secretary Leong. Um, there were a few commissioners on the list that were missing mandatory city trainings. Most of them are due by the end of the year on December 30th, so make sure to complete those as soon as you can. Uh, some of them were actually marked as soon as possible because they are overdue, so just uh, make sure you're checking. And if you did not receive an email, this means that you have done all of your mandatory trainings and you get a gold star. Um, <laughs> All right, if you have any questions on that, you can go ahead and contact May directly. 
Finally, for you this evening, I wanted to let you all know that I issued a director's order for a revised security plan for Skylark um, recently. So we received complaints from a nearby business about Skylark posing safety concerns. So an EC inspector and an SFPD officer conducted a site visit and did a complete place of entertainment permit and security plan check. Of the 12 security conditions listed, we observed that they were in violation of seven of them at the time. So we issued a citation immediately and held a meeting with the owner of the venue along with Captain McEachern of Mission Station to discuss their security plan and current operations. Um, in effect, I went ahead and issued a director's order that required Skylark to submit a revised security plan uh, to reflect their current operations and to ensure uh, responsible operations moving forward. Uh, today is actually the day that that goes into effect, and so we will be conducting a follow-up compliance check on the business to ensure that they're adhering to all of their security plan uh, conditions and their place of entertainment permit conditions. If you have any questions around this update, let me know, and thank you for participating. <laughs> That's very long. Questions? Um, this is probably a question for May, and it's about the trainings, and I feel like this happens every time. The only notice I ever get of trainings is from Entertainment Commission staff saying that they're late. There's not an earlier notice or communication that I think I've ever gotten asking about them. So okay, I, I will get them done. I've already done some of them, and then I hit the four-hour one, and I was like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I will get it done. Okay. But just this was the first time that I had gotten a notice about the trainings. Okay. I can ask him about that as well. Yeah. yeah. I also have not completed them, and I'm very sad to hear that one of them is four hours long because I haven't looked yet. <laughs> so thank you for it's warning me. One. Okay. Got it. Thank it's you. It's four hours. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, any more questions? All right, is there any public comment on this agenda item? There are no public comment for this item. All right, we will close this item and move along. Uh, the next item is number five, which is a report from Deputy Director Azevedo. Thanks, President Blyman. Good evening, Commissioners. I, too, have a very long update for you, so please settle in. Um, the enforcement memo is included in your report, um, excuse me, your Google folder, if you want to follow along as are the um, enforcement updates in the tracker. So the first um, thing I want to mention is that we have received 7311 complaints since our last hearing, which was on October 18th, just under a month ago. And I have a few rather large enforcement updates for you tonight. Um, please feel free to ask any questions when we're done. So the first update for you is about Adobe Books, located at 3130 24th Street. They are a small co-op bookstore and hold an LLP permit, which they use for hosting events with indoor live entertainment. With their co-op model, we have learned that their events are staffed by varying volunteers who may not always know about their permit conditions or the good neighbor policy. Since the pandemic, many of their shows have brought out a lot more patrons than expected. And while this is really great for a small business, it has also led to some complaints, sound complaints, about their door being open during performances and large numbers of patrons congregating on the sidewalk in front of the store blocking the sidewalk. Um, this year, we've received six 311 complaints and visited the business five different times. 
On September 2nd, we responded to a 311 complaint and we issued them a notice of violation for having their front door open while a band was performing inside. On October 28th, we received another 311 complaint about their door being open and crowding on the sidewalk. When Inspector Zavrina responded to the complaint, he initially drove by looking for parking and he saw that their front door was open, um, but by the time, and he heard it coming, but by the time he parked and headed over, um, the performance was done, so he was actually unable to confirm whether or not they had entertainment with the door open. However, he did observe a very large crowd outside of the store um, with many open containers of alcohol, blocking the sidewalk and prohibiting a clear path of travel. Inspector Zavrina spoke with the volunteers who were unfamiliar with their permit conditions, so he educated them about the LLP permit and showed them the good neighbor policy, explaining that they are responsible for keeping the sidewalk clear and for crowd dispersal. They were issued a citation for these violations. On November 11th, we received another 311 complaint that Inspector Fiorentino responded to. Upon arrival, he observed a large crowd on the sidewalk with open containers and a person with a Bluetooth speaker playing music outside and noted that the front door to the bookstore was open while a DJ was performing inside. During this visit, he was able to speak with the permit holder who leads the co-op and explain the reason for his visit. She closed the front door and asked that the people outside disperse and said that the person with the speaker outside was not sponsored by the bookstore, but it was clear that it was one of their patrons. The next day, I received an email from a neighbor recounting their experience with the event. They said that the crowd was so big that it stopped two different muni buses and that each were graffitied and people were climbing all over them. Um, so I do want to note that while we did not witness this happening, Inspector Fiorentino did take a video of the crowd that showed a roughly 80 to 100 people congregated in front of the bookstore spilling out into the street. It also shows um, people having to actually walk in the street to bypass the large crowd. And finally, I received an email from the permit holder explaining that she and her volunteers are well-versed in their permit conditions and that they are eager to be a good neighbor and create a safe non-bar destination for people to gather. So Director Wyland and I plan to meet with the co-op leader permit holder and discuss crowd management strategies as this is what appears to be the biggest issue. Their events are well attended and their 49-person capacity bookstore cannot hold all of their patrons. So as a result, people are hanging out on the sidewalk, causing subsequent ADA compliance issues and noise disruptions for nearby neighbors. Please let me know if you have any suggestions about this, and I will also plan to keep you apprised of the situation. <clears throat> the next update I have is about Gestalt over at 3198 16th Street. Gestalt holds an LLP permit from us, and this year we have received 38 311 complaints and visited the business 24 different times. On October 29th, we received a 311 complaint specifically stating that their window was open during live entertainment. Inspectors Zavrina and Fiorentino responded and asked them to please close their window, which they did, and the business was otherwise in compliance with their permit conditions. Upon returning to their parked vehicles later that night at 12 a.m., the inspectors observed that the band was still performing inside of the business. Um, so they went inside and they told the owner that their permit requires them to end entertainment by 11 p.m., which the owner is very well aware of. We issued them a citation for this occurrence as they had just received a notice of violation for the same violation on September 24th. This is their fourth citation since November of 21. November 2021 for having entertainment after 11 p.m. As a reminder, the business already came to hearing back in January of this year to discuss their ongoing violations, namely operating after 11 p.m. and having their front door open. So at this time, staff is recommending that you ask them to come back before the commission again to discuss their ability to adhere to their permit conditions and for potential reconditioning as you all see fit. 
Inspectors and staff have exhausted resources with the business owner. There is no more education we can provide, and the citations don't seem to make a long-term impact on compliance. Uh, next up is Brixton, located at 2140 Union Street. This business also holds an LLP permit from our office. Inspector Fiorentino responded to a 311 complaint on November 5th at 1226 a.m. about loud music, and when he arrived, there was a DJ performing inside. He spoke with their manager about the complaint and that their entertainment is supposed to be off at 11 p.m. per their LLP permit requirements. Manager indicated that they had a one-time event permit for that night. However, upon review of our application database, the Brixton has not had a one-time permit since March of this year. So I issued a citation for the violation, and this was their second violation for operating entertainment after 11 since June. The next update I want to provide you with is about the mix located at 4086 16th Street. As a reminder, the mix has had outdoor amplified sound for the last 30 years. However, they recently were approved to amend their POE permit to make their outdoor activity official with our office. On October 5th, you approved them to have outdoor amplified sound Wednesday, excuse me, Sunday through Wednesday until 10 p.m. and Thursday through Saturday until 12 a.m. Senior sound inspectors of Rena set an outdoor sound limit for their back patio so as not to exceed ambient sound levels at a distance of 50 feet away since they have nearby residential neighbors. During the sound test, inspectors of Rena identified the volume limits on the business's iPad control panel, which they locked into place to ensure compliance with their outdoor sound limit at all times. This is the digital version of demarcating the volume control knob on a sound system and advising the permit holder not to turn the knob past the line, which we've done before at different locations to help management and staff be consistent with their operations. The Mix's iPad is kept out of reach behind the bar and is shown to us upon request when we do site visits. Since the business was granted their POE amendment uh, permit on October 5th, we have received 16 sound complaints on 10 different dates and 15 of them were anonymous. Inspectors have visited the business on three different occasions and found them in compliance during each visit. It's important to note that some complaints specifically call out noise, crowd noise is the problem, which although we do not regulate, it can skew the sound measurements that our inspectors take when they're conducting spot checks. So to solve for this, um, our inspectors have been checking the volume control panel that I just mentioned, and the mix has been compliant with their approved sound limits so far. Next update is about Bar Part-Time, located at 197 Guerrero Street. This business also has an LLP permit, which they use for live entertainment, such as DJs and bands. They also obtain one-time event permits for activations that are scheduled to go later than 11 p.m. Recently, I've been contacted by a neighbor about their sound. In response, inspectors of Reno went out and set a sound limit for their interior space and noted the abatement they've done to the building, including suspending their speakers so as to avoid reverberation from the ceiling or the floor. We did issue them an NOV on October 8th for having entertainment after 11 p.m. Since then, we have visited the business four more times in response to complaints and have observed full compliance each time. The neighbor said that he is disrupted by the volume of their music and that he can hear it when they open their back door from the loud noises made by employees throwing out the garbage and the recycling. I spoke with one of the owners about the complaint, and he explained that they're directly in touch with the neighbor and the practices they've put into place to reduce any disturbances, including purchasing thicker garbage bags to muffle the sound of bottles and cans and not taking any recycling out back after 12 a.m., even though they don't close until 2. I also learned that to get outside to the back of their building that you have to go through three different doors and that staff are very diligent in ensuring that each door is closed before opening the next so they don't um, let any sound bleed. Yesterday, I received an email from Supervisor Ronan's office on behalf of the neighbor, and I am currently in conversation with them about the role of the EC and what Bar Part-Time is doing to be a good neighbor and adhere to their permit conditions. 
One solution that we plan to try is to retest their sound limit from the rear of the building rather than at the front of the property plane since that is the direction of the sensitive receptor. The final update for you tonight is about Providence located at 1351 Polk Street. This business, which holds a POE permit, was formerly known as Playland and underwent a partial ownership change in January of this year. Um, I want to make you aware that another one of our permit holders who is located near Providence has been making serious allegations about the club, stating that they are posing a safety threat to the community. I'll call them the complainant during this update in order to keep them anonymous. These allegations have been sent to EC staff, SFPD Northern Station, and Supervisor Peskin's office. The EC has worked closely with PD and city attorney to determine if the allegations are true, and to date, we have not substantiated any of them. To give you a quick overview, in January, there was a shooting on Polk Street near Providence. The shooter was a customer that was initially inside Providence. They got into an altercation with someone else inside the club, and they were removed by security. That person then went to their car that was parked around the corner and retrieved a gun and then came back to the vicinity and fired off shots into the air. He was later arrested. Understandably, the complainant was very scared by the incident, but directly uh, blamed Providence for what happened. And after speaking with the business, city attorney, and SFPD, it was determined that Providence was not at fault for what happened. Following that complaint, we have responded to numerous public records requests about Providence made by the complainant. On Halloween weekend, there was another shooting on Polk Street, which the complainant again said was Providence's fault. However, after reviewing security footage and speaking with PD, we've learned that the incident was not tied to Providence. I want to note that the ownership team has been very communicative with me. So far in 2022, we've only received two 311 complaints about Providence, one in June, one in August, and both site visits showed them to be operating in full compliance with their security plan and sound limit. I've contacted one of the owners to connect him with the Lower Polk CVD, and we will continue to be responsive to this situation as appropriate. <laughs> Questions? No, thank you to our staff. They've been very busy. <laughs> um, do you want a motion from us regarding gestalt or? It'd be great to put that on the record so that I can ask them to come in. Yeah, um, so I would make a motion to have gestalt come in um, to next available. Is this necessary for a motion? Just a oh. direction, I think. Yeah, I think we just need to direct oh, okay, them. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, not a motion then. Just a direction. Follow up on staff recommendations. Thank you. Can you just remind us too? So, in a place like Assault that repeatedly just doesn't follow the rules that they say they're going to follow, what? How does it escalate? So, other than calling them back in here, which obviously we're going to do, but. Um, it's challenging to take any kind of like suspension action unless we find them to be out of compliance with their sound limit three times in a 90-day period. I can look into potential other grounds, but um, it's usually reconditioning with the commission or coming in for a hearing to do some oversight. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. More questions? Anyone? All right. Um, is there any public comment on the deputy director's report? There are no public comments. Okay, we'll close public comment and we can move on. The next agenda item is number six, which is hearing and possible action regarding applications for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. And a deputy director Azevedo will introduce the consent agenda. Thanks, President Blyman. So we have four limited live performance permits for indoor entertainment on the consent agenda this evening. 
Um, I would like to note that three of the permit applications are for cannabis dispensaries and or consumption lounges, and we are excited to see more of these businesses applying for entertainment permits with our office. Um, so as for conditions, I want to point out that uh, due to the zoning district of McTeague's, which is on consent this evening, their indoor entertainment would have to end by 10 p.m. rather than 11 p.m. And I also want to note that since the writing of this memo, we did receive two um, letters of opposition for McTeague's. I reached out directly to both emailers, both neighbors, and uh, neither responded to me. So I was not able to interact with them any further past their initial submission. So I am recommending that they stay on the consent agenda this evening. Um, Aside from Southern Station standard calendaring condition for the one permit in their jurisdiction, which is Barbary Coast, there were no added conditions from SFPD. So the staff recommendation is for the commission to vote to approve the consent agenda with the staff recommendations below. Questions? All right, do we have a motion to approve the consent agenda? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Is there any public comment on the consent agenda? There are no public comments. All right, we can have a vote. President Blyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And Commissioner Torres? Aye. All right, the consent agenda has been approved. Um, can you just remind me, was, was my dispensary the first to get an LLP or was there one before that? <laughs> it was you. Oh, I just want to put that on the record. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next uh, item is to introduce the regular agenda. Again, Deputy Director Acevedo will do this. Thank you. So the one permit on our regular agenda for this evening is a POE permit for Cavania Rooftop Bar located at 108 Channel Street on the 17th floor. This new bar is located inside the Luma Hotel down by the ballpark. One of the owners, John Park, recently just opened up Cayo, which is a rooftop restaurant not too far away on 3rd Street and was approved for an outdoor LLP permit earlier this year. Cavania is a Latin-themed cocktail bar that will be open seven days a week. They have a fully enclosed interior space along with three outdoor terraces on the rooftop, rooftop of the hotel. They are applying for the POE permit to host indoor entertainment Wednesday through Saturday until 1 a.m. and Sunday through Tuesday until 12 a.m. Additionally, they are seeking the ability to host outdoor pre-recorded music and occasional entertainment during hours of operation between 11 a.m. and 10 p.m. daily. The business is located on OCI property and as the land use agency, they have approved these requested days and hours of entertainment and amplified sound. So you will see these listed as permit conditions in the staff recommendation below. When renovations are complete, EC staff will set an internal limit in accordance with MPC Article 29 and an exterior sound limit for the terraces. <clears throat> Excuse me. Based on preliminary research of the surrounding residential buildings, staff will likely be setting the outdoor uh, sound limit at a distance closer than the standard 250 feet aligned in MPC 1060.16 due to nearby sensitive receptors. Our inspectors will make this determination when they are on site during the sound test. In your file, you'll see a detailed list of the applicant's extensive outreach efforts as they conducted uh, for this application. They hand delivered their outreach letter to 14 businesses in their immediate vicinity so that they could speak with management about their programming plans. And they mailed their outreach letter to 30 different neighbors, some commercial, others residential. There was no opposition for this permit. Uh, since writing this memo, I have received a letter of support, which is in your file. And Southern Station had one standard monthly calend calendar noticing condition, which is included in the staff recommendations. Okay, so here to speak with you this evening uh, is owner John Park, represented by Mark Rennie. 
new Commissioner Tories, welcome. Uh, I'm Mark Rennie, this is John Park. Unfortunately, uh, Anthony Park, the, Anthony Park's the, um, I'm Anthony Park. Parks. John Park, Anthony Parks. <laughs> a lot my, of parks. My bad, a lot of parking. No parking down there, trust me. I'm but anyway, he uh, tested COVID, positive for COVID today, so he's sort of laid up and trying to stay away from people. We do have a presentation that John's go through. Right. Uh, good evening, President Lehman and commissioners. Thank you for having me here again for uh, an opportunity to, uh, to apply for a place of entertainment. Uh, Kavanya is uh, located in a newly built uh, prominent hotel in Mission Bay called Luma Hotel. I'm sorry to mention that. Uh, it, it, we are located on the 17th floor of this hotel, uh, occupied the entire level. Uh, it's about 5,400 square feet. Uh, we are intending to be a celebration of land and culture of all things, including uh, the spirits of South, South America, which includes a cane, which is rum mostly, as well as agave, which is tequila and mezcal. Um, we also are going to be uh, featuring a menu, a food menu that's shareable in small plates and large plates of that uh, that features a lot of street foods in uh, South America, including Brazil, Argentina, Peru, Central Mexico as well. Uh, Cavania will also, like many Latin cultures, will be encompassing a lot of uh, entertainment and music and culture that's embedded in Latin culture, and we want to provide that as part of the experience for our guests. Uh, we will uh, have some live music program here and there, as well as uh, DJs. We've uh, did uh, extensive outreach to the neighborhood, and they are very welcoming. In fact, to the point that they're knocking on the doors on a daily basis, <laughs> asking when they could come in, uh, which is a you know positive feedback and, and a lot of support. So we're excited to be in the neighborhood and uh, bring up you know mostly I think uh, in that neighborhood is not enough small businesses, but more the stadium business that ex uh, exists. And I think that we're going to bring a great a uh, little bit of uh, evening and nightlife culture that I think is to be uh, fit well with the neighborhood. Thank you. Sorry, did I, did I not do the, oh, sorry. You might want to tap through it. Sure. Are you, okay. Oh, it'll. There it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, let me uh, just quick, quickly on the presentation since we prepared this. Uh, it's a little bit our branding uh, strategy here to give you a little more of the artisanal feel of our uh, programming. Our cocktails are all artisanal cocktails. It's uh, 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 it's right now the menu programming and uh, the creative uh, process been put together by some of the most talented cocktail bartenders in San Francisco, and I'll introduce them shortly after down the slide. As, as I mentioned, the cocktail programs consist of uh, most cane and agave. Uh, we're taking spirits from all over South America, not just Mexico, uh, so that'll be featured. Uh, a little bit of our, our cocktail programming here, as you can see. Our, our food, again, is... Uh, Highlighting the street foods of uh, South America as well as Central America. Uh, that includes things like from Mexico, like tacos and Argentinian steak. Uh, we have arepas, which are Venezuelan as well as uh, Colombian um, sandwiches. So uh, it's, it's literally a celebration of all things uh, South American. Uh, here's some pictures of the food. A little bit of our menu here. Um, this menu has grown significantly since we've uh, developed this menu. Um, Brazil, uh, we're going to be a cachaça as part of our program, and sorry, I'm going backwards here. Music and entertainment is part of our program, as mentioned. And lastly, uh, so my, myself as well on the right, Anthony Parks, my partner, he's been involved in a lot of uh, high-level programs, including a Mission Star uh, restaurants, as well as uh, other cocktail programs, uh, just as True Loyal, uh, which is located in Mission, and Barat, which is a Mission Star restaurant. 
alongside is uh, Emilio. Uh, Emilio is uh, one of the rising uh, stars in 2019. Uh, he was uh, a Bombay Sapphire's most imaginative bartender. Um, also uh, was featured in the 2022 Punch magazine, which is a notable magazine for a cocktail community. My chef, executive chef, uh, Alex Ratio, will be uh, the head chef here, alongside with a couple other talented uh, young chefs that are in the industry. Uh, he's also the executive chef of Cayo Rooftop Bar, uh, who he is born in Peru and brings a very uh, encompassing knowledge of South American cuisine. Um, restaurant, just a little more uh, kind of features of what, what we're going to be representing in the program. As you can see, we're definitely more artisanal and food and cocktail driven program. Anyone want to open up some questions? I love the presentation. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, no, I have to say it makes me really excited during these times just to see this kind of opening happening um, across the rooftops of San Francisco, actually. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I feel very hopeful and very excited to just see this activate in Mission Bay. I do hope that you can bring the sunshine and that it will be warm on that rooftop because you are promising a very tropical experience. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting the track commission, thank you. Hello, welcome, thanks for coming in. Um, I appreciate the list of uh, community outreach that you included in your packet. Um, I was just wondering if you can expand a little bit more on what you heard from your neighbors as far as community outreach. Sure. Um, so far, everything positive. Um, we have not thus far received any type of negative feedback. I think the neighborhood saw the hotel being built from the ground up, so there was a long time anticipation of this hotel being built. I think the community, as you guys know, during COVID, Mission Bay was mostly empty, especially with the stadiums closed. And I think that to see the vibrant neighborhood come back because of the games as well as in a hotel activation, it's like really excited the people in the neighborhood. Uh, I think what's lacking right now currently are more elevated cocktail and uh, cocktail and bar programming that doesn't really exist other than the Chase Stadium and a couple of breweries in the neighborhood. So they're very excited that we are gonna be located uh, in this hotel. In addition, Luma Hotel has an extensive outreach to the neighborhood. They want to make sure the neighborhood understands as well as wider San Francisco Bay Area that we're not a hotel just for tourism. Sure, we do welcome that tourism. We welcome people from that are traveling for business, but we also want to embrace the local community, especially the immediate neighborhood. They have something called Glow Community, which they uh, are uh, open hours where they allow the neighborhood people to come there, enjoy a cup of coffee. They're all their food and beverage program in, San, uh, in the lobby areas, all uh, San Francisco food and beverage operators providing that product to that hotel. Um, and they, uh, they allow the guests to, uh, the neighborhood to come in, enjoy, have, uh, whether they're on a laptop and doing a little work or whether they're enjoying coffee, having a little get together, really embracing the local community. We at Cavania will also take the same approach in really welcoming the community and making sure that the immediate neighborhood is really welcome to our space. Thank you, last question. In the event that there is a possible complaint from the neighborhood, what would be your, procedure to address that in real time? 
Absolutely. We've been down this road many times, and we understand how important it is to stay communicative and keeping our doors open to the local neighborhood. Uh, we went around purposely knocking on doors, providing both of our, my partner, Anthony Parks, who was in, who's not here today, as myself, contact numbers and email addresses. Uh, the hotel also, we have both discussed protocols and how we can deal with neighborhood complaints if there is one, uh, but we are definitely uh, doing the outreach as well as welcoming any communication they want to provide. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, so uh, I apparently have a reputation amongst my commissioners about asking about rooftop bars, but um, <laughs> uh, you're only proposing to do the amplified entertainment in the indoor area of the outside bar, except for potentially for special corporate events and so on. Is that, that is correct, Commissioner. All right. So what amplification do you have outside of the indoor location there are small just ambiance speakers that you'll find in any restaurant or bars nothing that is nightclub grade or concert grade of any form of shape got it yeah i think it, you know one of the things that that we become aware of is just that sound travels very differently obviously outdoors than it does indoors and so it has the potential to generate complaints from folks you wouldn't think necessarily could even hear something hopefully folks over in alameda won't be hearing this but um uh just being on a rooftop you got sound travels very differently absolutely so. we're very aware of that and obviously we will go through the sound testing and making sure that our levels are to the appropriate level that the neighbors would not hear and be disturbed by it great thank you also um, there's a surprisingly large interior i was surprised it's 2500 square feet 3, it's 3,000 square feet. Huge but beautiful floor-to-ceiling glass, 280-degree uh, views around. And so if you, you could have a hurricane going, and that party could just go. And the, the glass is very thick. It's sound-rated, very thick glass. And if you're facing south towards the Chase Center, there's no residences for about 14 floors down, which is about 100-and-something feet. And out the other side, so you have the biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest, Terrace is basically facing nothing but, you know, two miles away on Prochero Hill. Got it. Great. Thank you. Um, and one other thing uh, in terms of um, increasingly uh, bars are stepping up and getting their staff trained on how to use Narcan and stocking Narcan, which is the medication that reverses opioid overdoses. And I'm wondering if you would consider having your staff trained uh, to be able to respond to a accidental drug overdose as well. Absolutely. We will be very open to training our, for safety guidelines in all, all forms. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, I think I'm different than Commissioner Thomas in that I, I, if somebody's going to hear the sound, I hope they're in Alameda and not in San Francisco because that's outside of our jurisdiction. Um, I just had a question about the programming you're planning on inside. What, what are you thinking for like Latin bands, DJs? What are you thinking there? Latin bands, and, and it's not top 40 or mainstream music that you'll find. It's, it's going to be a little more... Uh, uh, that is uh, deeply rooted in South America. Um, uh, in fact, uh, Emilio, who is uh, our director of beverage, is a musician and mom, is a salsa dancer. So we're going to be having a lot of salsa type of music that's going to be a little more, um, I, how do you say it? It's not, it's not geared for like parties, more for like cocktail environment type of like music. Got it. Makes sense. I don't have any more questions. Anyone? Oh, please. Um, <clears throat> number one, uh, 
just reiterate what the, my fellow commissioners have said. This is a beautiful setting. I regret that I've not got to be inside yet. Um, I also really appreciate your dedication to uplifting um, Latino, Latinx, Latina culture. Um, and to that end, I was wondering, I see in back of the house and in your program, your curation, cocktail curation and um, culinary curation, there's that's represented, is that also represented in the front of the house and your worker staff? Is there Latinx representation amongst your staff? Um, also, kind of to dovetail after what, uh, off of what President Blyman said, um, in terms of the musical acts that you book, I, I would hope that there will be a use of uh, the local Latino Latinx workforce. Also, are the many, many, many talented musicians that live here in the city or or play here in the city? Absolutely. Uh, we, as you know, uh, I own Cayo Rooftop as well, and that's a celebration of Japanese and Peruvian. Uh, We've uh, locally, we, we recently uh, made a lot of great contacts with local Peruvian and uh, Latin bands that really celebrate the culture of Latin music at its soul. And I think that we really want to embrace that. And naturally, because it's Latin music, it is upbeat and fun and it's just en engaging. So uh, we, we want to definitely embrace that direction of music uh, versus anything that would, you would find in a nightclub or you know, that's pop or radio. Um, far as uh, representation, we are, <laughs> except for myself, uh, my <laughs> chef and my partner, Anthony Parks, is Peruvian as well. Uh, Emilio is Venezuelan. Uh, my chef is Peruvian. So it's, there's a very thick uh, Latin uh, you know, presence in our management team. And they're, trust me, they're very proud <laughs> of their Latin culture. And I embrace it. And I love it. And, and the, the guys really... Uh, uh, educate me, and I've learned a lot in the last course of the last five years being surrounded by some amazing talents that uh, really embrace the Latin culture and food and beverage. Well, I thank you for that. I just, uh, a couple of questions I had about your, again, a very extensive um, security plan, which I appreciate. Uh, I did notice a, a, a few things. Um, it, one thing is that you highlighted is that uh, the safety of both men and w women is are equally important. I'd like to ask, is the safety of all genders important? And is there a certain uh, LGBTQ cultural competency that you're hoping to employ in this space? Sure. Um, I, I think we have a lot of employees that fall in that category. In fact, I mean, I, I can't even say that because it's really everybody. It's, <laughs> it's really a diverse group of uh, uh, employees. We're at, at, when we're fully open, I think we are uh, estimating about 75 employees will be working at this establishment. Um, and I think it's always important in San Francisco, not just in our workplace, to really recognize uh, the community that surrounds us, you know. And I think that that's beyond just uh, the minorities, but also uh, everyone that's in the, the gay community as well as trans community and everyone else beyond that as well. Thank you. I just have one more question about workers in regards to um, there's a there was a plan for if there was a bomb scare, which of course I hope would never happen at any place. And one of the suggestions was that uh, the employees might first uh, try to see if they can find the bomb. And that just struck me as something that maybe I wouldn't wanna, want to do if, as a, if I was on shift as a bartender or anything like that. So that, just some, that was just something I noticed that you might uh, look into. If I, if I can, uh, this is on page 9 and 10 of my security plan, which I know yeah, really I well. So. If we're talking, it says if it's uh, remain calm and demonstrate. We do say that a lot of these are fake, but it says ask some questions because this is what the cops are going to ask you. It doesn't say look for the bomb. 
They, where, when you're talking to somebody, hey, there's a bomb here, bomb threat. Where is the bomb located? What's in the bomb? How do you set it off? And these are the kind of questions that the cops want to know to get some information. And anyway, the, this security plan is just to get the, get the staff sort of thinking about these things. And, I do also and, want to say, Commissioner, that uh, we, in the recent days, as we just started our uh, staff training on Monday, uh, we were uh, luckily able to connect with the general manager of the hotel, Brian Fenwick, and he shared with us a very extensive emergency evacuation plans and things in that sort that we've uh, implemented our employee handbook uh, as part of the training as well. We have, uh, we, we've uh, just today, we discussed how, if there was an emergency, how we would exit the building and where the meeting points are. So these uh, type of extreme situations are being discussed because we are in a very high profile building and it's, it is needed that for the safety of those very small chance that things like this will happen that we are taking concern that we are doing the due diligence to train our employees properly. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right, thank you. Any further questions? All right, you can have a seat and let's uh, entertain motions first. Oh, I just want to remind, this is a limited live per permit. It's, no, no, no. it's this a, is a place of entertainment. Sorry. My bad, sorry. All right, I'd like to uh, make a motion to approve with staff recommendations. Second. And I think it's also an SFPD recommendation about calendaring. That's included in the staff rec. Okay. Yeah. All right, we have motions. Is there any public comment on this agenda item? There are no public comments. All right, seeing none, we'll close public comment and we can vote. President Blyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And Commissioner Torres? Aye. Congratulations, John and Mark. Uh, John, the king of the rooftops, continues. Into the parks. Yeah, the parks. <laughs> to the parks. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on, I think we only have one more agenda item, which is number seven, which is Commissioner Comments and Questions. I wanna go first and welcome Commissioner Torres again. Um, I didn't see a place in the beginning to do it, so I probably should have come out and said that, sorry. But uh, welcome, we're very happy to have you on board and looking forward to working with you. Um, any other comments? Laura, you always have something. Do I? Isn't it, isn't it like National Harm, Harm Prevention Month or something? Isn't there gotta be something. Okay. World AIDS Day will be December <laughs> 1st. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I just want to uh, congratulate San Francisco on another wildly successful election day. Um, oh, Al? Go ahead, finish. No, no, you go first, please. Oh, okay. I just say, <laughs> well, today is um, American Indian Heritage Month. Oh, so, I, in fact, there's a celebration right now at the Rotunda, um, sponsored by the mayor. So, happy American Indian Heritage Month to everybody. And today, there's also happening at the main library is the official launch of the Anna May Wong Quarter. And uh, it's the fifth coin in the American Women Quarters program. And Anna Mae Wong was the first Chinese-American film star in Hollywood and it's the first Asian face on the U.S. currency. So representation matters. So um, check it out when you get the coin. All right, thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, so congratulations on our successful election day. Um, San Francisco does elections so well. It's just something we should all be so proud of. I think we're ranked among the best cities in the nation for how smoothly uh, our elections go and our turnout and everything. And that's something we should always be proud of. It's a really cool thing. We just had four this year. Yeah, we only had four. Yeah. 
And this one had a lot of, a lot of twists and turns. It was like an M. Night Shyamalan film. <laughs> still, it's still surprising us at the end here. That was exciting. All right. Um, is there any public comment on this agenda item? Uh, may I make? Oh, please. Yeah. I just wanted to formally say thank you to all of you for welcoming me on board. It was a warm welcome. And um, just be patient with me as I learn the many twists and turns of the Entertainment Commission and codes and, and everything. And I just hope that I um, can bring what I can from my experience to the, the better work of this commission and our beautiful and vibrant nightlife that we have here in San Francisco. Thank you. All right. Uh, any public comment? There are no public comments. All right, we'll close public comment and we can adjourn the meeting at 6.35 p.m. Thank you, everyone. Recording stopped. <laughs>